Yo, Solana Beach, California. Guess who's gonna get old live? Not old as in, Christ on a popsicle stick, this is boring. I'm talking about Jay and Silent Bob get old, mo fuckers. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are coming to the Belly Up Tavern on November 22nd. Don't miss the debauchery, Iggy B. Jay and Silent Bob get old, recording their podcast live at the Belly Up Tavern in Solana Beach, California, on November 22nd. Get your tickets for this and all other Smodco shows at csmod.com. Red State DVD and Blu-ray available now at coopersdell.com. Get exclusive bundle packages featuring posters, soundtracks, t-shirts, signed scripts, wardrobe used in the film, and a chance to be a guest on air with Kevin Smith via Skype. Red State DVD and Blu-ray exclusive bundles now at coopersdell.com. Smirch alert, smirch alert, motherfucker smirch alert. Go to smodcast.com slash smerchandise to get your official Jay and Silent Bob iPhone 4 cases from Casemate. Choose from three different snoogerific designs. We got soft ones and hard ones. Hey, I'm talking about the cases, bitch. All emblazoned with your favorite Smodco icons, Jay and Silent Bob. Snag your iPhone 4 case for $39.99 and protect the precious smodcast.com slash smerchandise yo Canada Jay and Silent Bob are gonna be royally mounting you December 7th in Vancouver December 8th Edmonton December 9th Calgary December 10th Saskatoon and December 11th Winnipeg their comedic maple syrup's gonna be gushing all over your timbits. How's that for a visual, eh? Jay and Silent Bob get old. Live in the Great White North. Linky links to tickets at smodcast.com slash get old in Canada. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. Catch live video clips of Jay and Silent Bob Get Old and Hollywood Babylon on the Kevin Smith blog for the Huffington Post. Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. That's Huff.to slash Kevin Smith blog. Want early access to tickets for Smodcast Internet Radio's metric fuckton of live shows? Join Smodcast. For just $4.99 a month, you'll get CD-quality audio of every podcast you hear on Sir ad-free. It's like watching porn without having to fast-forward through that goddamn plot. You'll also get bonus video content and other badass exclusives. Smodcast. Where Smodcast goes save for pay. All the deets at Smodcast.com. I'm Jack Morrissey. Welcome to episode six. Of Team Jack, which will be the last episode title that has any uh, relevance to the Star Wars. Don't say that. Six trilogy or you whatever the fuck you know call it. That. What do you call it? Well, the original trilogy, but you don't know. Quadrilogy. That we're not going to go into the the Team Jack slash Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> December is coming right up, and we are uncreative people. Episode six. Return of the uh, Red Eye. Red Eye. Return, Return of the Red of Eye. Return of the Red Eye. Which we all have now. Well. Because this episode is brought to you by 
Bardbeg Ugadal Scotch whiskey. Since 1815, it's been flowing out of rotting corpses on <laughs> at the bottom and of a at the bottom of, of a, a fucking dark bog. Scottish lock, referred to in synchronicity too by the police. And we're into it. We're Great many song. fingers into it. We're as many fingers into the scotch as some of you are into your Saturday nights. <laughs> All right, or Tuesday mornings. Hey, whatever. Whenever bunch we air. of winners. Whenever we air. <laughs> we know what you're doing right now. Episode six, Return of the Red Eye. And the Rebels. Oh, by the way, I, God, I fucked up episode five. I totally had an Occupy Bespin joke. God damn it. Just do it now. Just do it now. Or yeah. Occupy Hoth. Occupy Bespin is better because that represents the corporatocracy. It does, but the people who are occupied, no one's really occupying Op- Bespin. I, it's, it's really Occupy Coruscant, yeah. But no one's occupying Coruscant in Empire Strikes Back. Well, obviously no one is yet, but just give Uncle George a little time. <laughs> After all, the <laughs> episode three was apparently all about George W. Bush. Did we catch that? You're either with me or you're against me at the end of that film. No, really? Is oh, that yeah, also yeah. detailed in The People versus George Lucas? The, that is not, but that not is something Not a real law case. When I saw that film for the first time, it was immediately noticeable <laughs> to me. Uh, that it was clear that this was a, a good, crunchy San Franciscan trying to, uh, it was another wedge, God in, damn wedge in a little bit of, of anti Left coast liberal, George Lucas. No, that's well, great. he, I, I was happy to hear it at the time. Taking another swipe at a Texan. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I voted for John Kerry in the last election. No, you didn't. The last one? He wasn't running in the last election. <laughs> in the last oh. election, you voted for Chancellor Palpatine. <laughs> Well, what am I going to do? It's a two-party system. You want me to throw my vote away? (laughs) (laughs) Of course I'm going to vote for Palpatine. Kerrigan, by the way, how much fun is this? So much. Oh, my God. I'm on every show from now on. It's It's even more fun than listening to it. It's all thanks to... Ardbeg Scotch, <laughs> Ardbeg the Ugadal. ultimate I lay single malt Scotch whiskey, and it's really non, people as there. always non chill filtered. People out there, you got to get your own podcast since eighteen fifteen and a bottle of Scotch. Oh, <laughs> we left we left you last time with a cliffhanger. Bill Condon enters and quickly runs downstairs. <laughs> I was like, oh it shit, a, the mics are out and scurrying, the Scotch. A scurrying. We're drunk podcasting. He's Take like, Pigpen out by the pool. He's like, good. Drink that nasty shit and get Do out it. of the house. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bill Condon's just returned home from the fourth and, or no, the third and final day of Junketing for the Twilight, the Twilight Saga, Saga Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn Part, part one, 1. Open to, to be released everywhere. November, November 18th. 18th. Today was International Day. Yes. We had journalists from all over the world asking what sex is. <laughs> it's true that's all they not ask. the junket they for show Kinsey. up and they just they're like so can we talk about sex which in the abstract would be let's very talk bizarre. about sex let's talk about sex great song the cliffhanger with which we left the last episode of course being what is the worst movie of all time because i mean listen i would love to keep this dithering up all day but if you don't get to Jabba's palace soon the chairs are gonna fly what is but the do worst? r2 and 3po really just roll up on that palace from the proverbial dirt road that seems to lead up to it and just knock on the door only to have that little Muppet. What do you want? He says he has a bad feeling about this. They always say they have a bad feeling about it, which is Lucas and Spielberg high-fiving each other every time they get that line of dialogue into a script. Um, Okay, so. Fair enough. Worst movie. Here we go. Dum-dum-dum. We haven't, we actually, we were talking about this during our brief um, cigarettes and scotch-fueled intermission between the Recess. recordings of episodes five and six. And Greg, are you actually prepared to? Uh... You, you know, I'm really not. Um, I'm really not. But I, I'll just, I'll just say a, a film I hate. I guess. No, I guess I really. That's shouldn't. not good enough. Yeah, it's really not good enough. Um, What's the worst movie ever made? What's Such the most question. sanctimonious, pretentious movie Such ever made? A hard question. Was it directed by Lars von Trier? Was it? It was directed by Terrence Malick. I mean, every fucking Malick flick I've ever had to sit through fifteen minutes of and be like, I'm done. I've tried to watch New World eight times. I last twenty minutes, and I'm like, there's no way it could get less fucking boring 
and stationary shot of just a fucking tree for eight minutes. So I'll take a pass on any Terrence Malick. That's my, uh, even Thin Red Line, which I appreciate is a good film. Eight minute shots of a dude just fucking staring over a vista. I, that is, that, Thin Red Line certainly goes down. Albeit to a beautiful For, for me, score. as one of the, uh, the most disappointing theater experiences I've ever had. It was also a Matt big theater Greg, experience because. You will never work with Terrence Malick. Well, <laughs> he's making two movies this year. Have we heard that anyway? Yes, co- both um, starring Christian Bale and Kate Blanchett. Like the concept of timing alone tore throughout the fucking universe while watching a montage of dinosaurs and shit. I'm good. Well, You'll Christian be lucky Bale broods. if there are dinosaurs I liked, in there. I liked those dinosaurs. It was dinosaurs Sean, it was Sean where? Penn's storyline that I didn't care for in Tree of Life. What Terry Malick movie had dinosaurs? Tree of Life. It had dinosaurs? Whole big old sequence. It's like it's like Terrence Malick's Fantasia. It's yeah, honestly... That's a great movie. Fantasia? Except that Fantasia is really good and Tree of Life... I saw that at the Hollywood Bowl. Fantasia? Yeah. Or Fantasia 2000? I saw Fantasia 2000. That's right, you did. Yeah, I did. But it was a really great experience. That means you got whale song. Yes, I did. Yeah. And fireworks. <laughs> right. I bet there were some fireworks. Okay. <laughs> Who are you in the box with? <laughs> Who is in the box with you? Who is in the Kerrigan Hennings future attorney at Law Box? Uh, just a bunch of friends. Uh-huh. Just friends. That's how you'd like it listed on the record. I can't, yeah, exactly. Close, I can't name names or I could be... Uh, Indicted. Quickly, quick, yeah. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say this is the worst film of all time, but there are a lot of people who defend the fuck out of this movie, and I get it, and, it and could I be, don't and, think it's and good. I could be one and of them. That's and that's Starship and Troopers. I'll defend it. I'll take it up. I think, ding, ding. I think that that movie, I mean, I'm a big Verhoeven fan. I think Robocop is great. I get it. I Robocop get the point. Robocop is great. I Robocop is written of your by Starship the same Troopers two guys movie, who, wrote, still, who adapted Starship Troopers. How about when he gets blown to bits boring. by bullets in the very beginning before he's Robocop? Yeah. Awesome. Anyway. Yeah, Robocop is, is a phenomenal, great film. The real, I think whether or not Black Starship book, Troopers is any good is last, less interesting to me than whether or not Verhoeven was in on his own joke. He definitely was, but then he kills the joke. Right. He kills it. That's he probably kills well it observed. dead by the end what, of the movie. When Neil Patrick Harris shows up in an SS costume, yeah. in like a floor-length black leather Cronin yeah, with a, trench a, coat. Yeah, a big vaginal bug. Yeah. I I, I got it. <laughs> and that was, uh, I mean, uh, I, I understand that people think that movie is brilliant, but I don't, I don't think, think it's brilliant. I, think I think it's, it's, think it's so really brilliant. entertaining. It's porn. It is pornography. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's war porn. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. Well, so is uh, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, Inglorious Bastards is war porn. Yeah, but that movie is brilliant. That movie is brilliant. Yes, because is it really? I love that movie. That movie is so great. Brad Pitt in that movie is so great. Is he really? Yes, he really is. I'm just testing. Well, I'll I'm tapping and testing. Do you mean he's great? I'll get an A plus. He is the shit in that movie. That well, because probably because that movie is the shit. But Matt Cohen's biting his thumb, and I'm just wondering if he wants the. I microphone. like that this has just turned into let's shit on movies. <laughs> no, I'm, Jack I'm Morrissey sick of, presents. Let's shit on movies. Uh, Inglorious <laughs> Bastards, great, 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 great. Anyway, I would say the worst film of all time, Starship Troopers, without a doubt. No. No. <laughs> Come on. The, the That's ridiculous. Cat, the, or the criteria is pretension and all this other stuff. There's no pretension in Starship Troopers. No. Not when you cast Shit. Denise Richards in the lead. Uh, fair enough. With Casper Van Dien. By those, by who those later circled back around to do Starship you, Troopers 7. It does not hold Stick up. Stick to the terms. Yeah, the terms <laughs> of, by the terms of the agreement, this is a moot topic. Wow. You Kerrigan. A lawyer. That, he did very well with that sentence. Is the jury prepared to... Deliver a verdict? Yes, the jury has reached a verdict. What's the worst of all time, Kerrigan? Shoot, fucking Brokeback Mountain. That's what I said last time. time. I think that's the worst movie of all time. It's not the worst. No, 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 it's not the worst. Um, The worst movie that I've seen... Fuck, I don't know. I mean, Have you seen Broken Hearts Club? Yeah, but that movie is not pretentious at all. That movie is like straight up... That movie is gay porn. Not gay porn, but gay movie porn. Yeah. It would have been so much Sunset better. Sunset Five, gay, gay movie porn. Everything would be better if it was gay porn. Jack, what's yours? <sighs> so that we can be done with this. This dreadful, dreadful. I know. I feel like I can't. Episode in our lives. I can't. Um, I can't commit to anything. Fear of commitment. Weird. Let's anything with Holly Hunter is the worst movie ever. So not true. Raising Arizona. Oh, Whatever. I just don't like her. <laughs> 
<laughs> what about Copycats co-starring Sigourney Weaver as an agoraphobic, uh, like, sh- what was she, a forensic uh, investigator or something like that? Anyway, it was fucking great. I snorted like a <laughs> And pig. Harry Connick Jr. Pl- played a serial killer <laughs> and then serenaded them with his soulful white voice at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's a wow. terrific <laughs> Um... You know, this is, but this is a tricky question because it is. It's it, tricky. The, it's by, weird. By, the, by that criteria, it's, it's also like a movie that it's like a movie that, that if you serve better in them, yeah. making films that are really bad, uh, because there are plenty of shit filmmakers who make the worst things you've ever seen, and yeah. you'll never see them because you don't know who those people are. Yeah. And you'd never pay attention to them. But when Robert Altman makes a bad movie, everyone goes, "Oh well, Robert Altman's last film was a piece of crap." Yeah. Well, he's dead now. That's a bad example, but. Yeah, um, which is great though because. You'll never work he can't with him. Sue. But he's a genius. I mean, but Robert Altman's a genius. And the same thing with Steven Spielberg. Everyone will, you know, shit on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And that was uh, okay, terrible. That is terrible. That was okay, terrible. That's a terrible movie. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> Awful movie. Okay, that was. But a bad by the way, did you I hear the gossip my... on War Horse this week? What? Did you hear the War Horse gossip this week? I'm very positive. It's two hours and forty-five minutes long. Really. Yeah. That's long. and not very positive. Oh really? Yeah. Oh I had heard that it was good. No? It's long. Two forty five. Two forty five. Well that but that's the length of the play, my friend. What's that? That's the, no, I guess that's True the length enough. of the play with, with intermission. Yeah. The only thing is, um at the halfway mark during the movie experience, no one's gonna come down and ask you if you want a cocktail. That's true. That's why, we've already, we've that's already why friends, you have to bring anyway. your own liquor to the movies. How many times do we have to say it? Or just go drunk. I've never done that. I've never done either one of that. Those things. You've never gone drunk to the movie. Don't I hear, me, although, Kerrigan although Hennings. I hear that Tintin, very good. Very good for Tintin. I've heard very Tintin. good things about yeah. Tintin. Not terrible for Warhorse. It's too soon to tell for Warhorse. It's way too soon. For anything, really. It's but way too soon, but by the time you hear this, not for the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1, which people are, by the way, loving. Um, but by the when time you're open? listening to this podcast, November you know. 18, opening in theaters everywhere, by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, we will know about War Horse. That's actually we'll probably know. pretty accurate. Yeah. Amazingly, what Jack just said is probably accurate. Interesting. Interesting. What if it's not, though, and everyone's mocking you now, just like no, me? No, people will know. Well, no, people who are listening won't know. Oh, but oh, people but who are in this know. area code will all know about Got War it. Horse by the time this podcast airs. Got it. Well, that's sure. it, but that's, you know, this is what we call time shifting. is the tricky thing. That's really, that's, that's what a, that's makes this question shifting. so tricky. Legally. Is that is that you can say <laughs> that The Godfather Part 3 is the worst film ever made. It's not. It's not. How could but it be? But when when it's called The Godfather Part 3, and it's not good, it's That's like Star Wars Episode 1, yeah. Phantom Menace, yeah. when you have that title and the expectations that go along with that. Yeah. That's, that's the... That's I the will trick. tell you an interesting thing about Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, which is that I was down at the relatively new Regal LA Live Multiplex last week for the first Twilight Tuesday, which is where they show all the the first three Twilight movies, for the first movie, which is Twilight. And I saw a poster hanging in the poster case for The Phantom Menace in 3D. I have not yet wa- not yet watched the trailer, but even seeing the poster hanging in the po- poster case with that Drew Struzan art of little, little Anakin and sort of the face of Darth Maul lording over uh, Liam Neeson, etc., it did, it's like it did not stir any reaction. I do not feel the slightest bit compelled to even know when that 3D re- reissue is coming out. Do That's the sad thing. Yeah. Do you think there's anybody, okay, yeah, you, I, I understand do. because. I think there are lots of people. Who feel a connection to that. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. who are excited. They're, they're children. Yeah, okay. and by the way, they were children. They were, I was 10 when A New Hope opened, or what exactly. was referred to as the time as just simply Star Wars. Totally. 10 year olds. Well, do they love that movie? Persons who were 10 when The Phantom Menace right. opened will have their own distinct connection to yeah. it. And what I would argue is that that person who was 10 is simply not as good as me. I would completely agree. <laughs> In the same sense as the person who saw Jaws when they were 10 
is better <laughs> than the person who saw Jurassic Park when they were 10. Well, I saw Jurassic Park when I was 11, so I wow. will take exception to that. I have a really emotional story about Jurassic Park. Loving it. Let's go. Because it's my it's, mother it's, was eaten by a no, raptor. It's very, it's it's very off the rails for this podcast. That's yeah. by the way, the great thing about podcasting is nobody gives a fuck. Okay. Okay. Great. There's no there rail. Where okay. we're going, we don't so need rails. Was, what year did that? What year did that movie come out? Uh, Greg Yolen's, uh Which one? I'm sorry. Jurassic, Jurassic Creator Park. of Steven, the Steven Spielberg. Greg Yolen. Okay, so mine is actually to Jurassic Park, Park. too. <laughs> Never mind. The Lost World, ninety-seven. Yeah. The Lost World, Jurassic Park. So I'll digress. The Lost World, simply Jurassic Park. Right. The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Right. It wasn't Jurassic Park two. Right. But then it was Jurassic Park three. I think. Right. Was, no, maybe that was ninety-six. Now I'm confused. Anyway, yes, the Lost World. Yeah, it was no, the nineties. It's, it's, it's about it Jurassic the 90s. Part two, so forget about it. Oh, it was the nineties. Yeah, a distant memory. What's the story. Go about Jurassic Park two. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, all right, yeah, well, tell the story. Okay, well, you it pitched 90s. it as a really emotional story, so hopefully by the end of your telling of it, I will be really emotional. Well, okay, so which would be a first? My, he, <laughs> yes, exactly. but that's why we have the. Ardbeg, Ardbeg Scotch, Scotch whiskey, whiskey, as always, non-chill filtered, distilled and bottled in Scotland. Uh, drawn from maggot semen. Anyway, the Lost um, World, Jurassic okay, Park. Okay, so <laughs> my I have to preface it's 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 a personal story. Is that a perfect, Kerrigan? Okay. This is podcasting. Here we go. Here we go. My, and to preface it, my uh, father is in the Air Force, and every male in my family. Since, uh, you know, written history has served in since some Since the Wright brothers, really. Since the, before, since, like, Civil War, since Revolutionary Icarus War. Since Icarus and Daedalus. On both sides of my family, <laughs> they have served in the military. I come from a very... They have been drawn to the sky. Very big military family. Uh, you know, so when I, you know, told my dad that I was gay, it was... Uh, it meant that you would never be an eagle driver. It, well, that's not true. hey yo. hey yo. <laughs> But I anyway, I don't understand it, that. <laughs> an eagle driver to, is an F-15 fighter pilot. What's up, F-15 Eagles? Yeah. Uh, what was the movie? Oh what was God. the movie? Top Maybe we're gay. No, no, no. Iron, Eagle. Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. That's the one. They, well, those were F-16s. See, the kid steals the F-16 to free Jason Gedrick. Fucking badass movie. Anyway, uh, you know, so I came out, got kicked out of my house, and the and the uh, the the thing that reconciled my father and I, we went to see Jurassic Park two. That was like. I was in St. Louis for the summer. Okay. Uh, to, and I was staying with Charlie Claxton, who I had this massive crush on. And uh, I called my dad, and I'm like, so I'm in town. And he's like, well, do you want to go to the movies? Aww. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And we went to... This it was the movies. It was the theater. The it was on Olive. It was uh, right in West I'll County. tell you exactly where it was. By, by the TGI Fridays. Kerrigan and I, hang on just one second. Let me suspend this conversation. Kerrigan and I, even, Kerrigan and I, even though we met in St. Louis... No. What, uh, no. I'm sorry. We met in Los Angeles. I'm drunk. Um, where awesome. Kerrigan was service bartender at Houston Century City, where I had waited tables for long enough to get the five-year jacket. This is bringing us back to episode one, not just Craig's another por- Oregon yeah. story. Um, uh, we both Kerrigan and I, as it turns out, both grew up in the exact same suburb of St. Louis, yeah. which is... Uh, basically, Whitey Town, St. Louis. Whiteville. A.K.A. Chesterfield, St. Louis. West County, St. Louis. Uh, uh, the furthest west of the Gateway Arch, uh, where subdivisions yeah. As subdivisions far away have been from built. the blacks as you could get at basically, that period of time. So they have since much. crossed the Missouri oh River. Into- well, they've since gone to Kansas City. <laughs> the, <laughs> the newest, most expensive, most exclusive gateway uh, suburb of St. Louis is now I wouldn't be disturbed by, by that City. comment if you weren't wearing the white hood right now. <laughs> <laughs> for for our listeners at home, I'm he's wearing saying, a full St. Louis, outfit. A very racist place. And com- By the way, since podcasting knows no structure or forms, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Let me just say, calling back... A point that I never got around to making in episode five is maybe the Lucasfilm sanctioned George Lucas documentary that Matt Cohen referred to in episode five should be called our discarded B title for episode one, The Fandom Menace. Shouldn't he call that documentary The Fandom Menace? The Fandom Menace. Menace. That's pretty good. He should. Fandom Menace. 
Rebranding. That's hot. I love that. That's very rebranding. So the Lost World was a bonding okay, so experience for you. At right, what theater? Bonding. At what theater in St. Louis? Okay, in was, suburban St. Louis. It was on Olive. It was, a, an, I believe, it was an AMC. It was by the Fridays. Uh, it's the AMC Creve Corps. No, no, no. Across the street from Schnucks, it was like maybe a two theater thing. Schnucks, which is a big supermarket <laughs> chain in St. Louis. Sorry. So you just Dearburg described something the that was one. near the TGA they, Fridays. They, they there was built, an AMC theater built near it Schnucks. In like, uh, it's in Olivet. <laughs> It's no, it's in. No, um, it's West. It's fucking West County. It's I'm yeah, 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 yeah. As much as I'd like to argue about the geography of fucking St. Louis, who it's, gives a shit and a half? It's the all of something or other. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. Anyway, we we West meet, all of something or other. We in the parking lot. Uh, we kind of like what's up? Shake each other's hands, give each other a hug. We go in. We watch Jurassic Park two. We come out. Oh, you and your dad. I thought you met you and Jack met in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No, no. Yeah. Kerrigan is this estranged military Air Force father. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, that's what I will forever. You uh, bonded over a Tyrannosaurus running through the streets of San Diego. Yeah, basically. Which was, by the way, the media cent- so-called media center in Burbank, is where they was shot really? that that T Rex San Diego that sequence. Shitty, shitty mall. On that one street, yeah. that one main drag where we had dinner recently at yes, uh, Market City Cafe for the win. You know that's not that's color. not a great film, The Lost World, but uh, the sequence uh, with the trailers hanging off the cliff in that, mm-hmm. uh, with the two T Rexes and the cracking plate glass, utterly, window. utterly brilliant, and one of the best things he's ever directed. One Love of the best it. things he's at, Steven Love Spielberg it. has ever directed. As good as, certainly as good as anything in Jurassic Park, probably better. It might be as good as anything in the color purple. It's a fantastic sequence. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> he just made another <laughs> racial epithet. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> he was doing yeah. it. It was yeah, a very That's how she impression. says it. Fuck y'all. It's true. Well, wait a minute. Well, wait. Whoa, 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 Kerrigan. What? Deliver the line reading. I love Hoppo. <laughs> Lord knows I do. But she, I kill him dead before I let him beat me. I don't even think Oprah Winfrey would But I will name my production point. company after him. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Well, it's also Oprah spelled backwards. Did oh, you know that? Enough. Did you know No, that? I didn't know that. Well, you're not I didn't know that. Mm. What's up with the fact that she's got her own network and like 10 years later she doesn't have a talk show up and running? She quit. It's like the she World quit Trade her own Center. Network's talk show. It's like the World Trade Center. There is so much legal bullshit that goes into that kind of deal. It takes ten years to close that. Have you guys watched that network? It is the best network of all time. It's all programs about women who didn't know they were pregnant or like fucked up horrendous shit that happens in childbirth. <laughs> it's like it's the opposite of Lifetime. It's like, hey, women, be scared of your vagina network. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Some lady just like she had the baby gestating in her stomach. And she didn't even know. I learned that from Oprah. <laughs> Which means it sounds like the perfect broadcast network for the Twilight, the Twilight Saga, Saga Breaking, Breaking Dawn, Dawn Part, Part one. 1 to be released in theaters nationwide <laughs> November 18th, 2011. <laughs> the mother of all fucked up births. If you think giving birth through to something through your abdomen <laughs> sounds fun, you're going to love... The Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 to be released in theaters nationwide November 18th. Kerrigan. Yeah. Pick it up. So? So? How did that, how did that screening, uh, mend fences? It was, with well, your okay, str- it was a very, with your great Santini we father. <laughs> we didn't really, you know, say much to the thing, and I was actually pissed. I'm like, this motherfucker is just gonna take me to a movie and think everything's gonna be fine. Um, but it did kind of open up dialogue, and eventually we got there, and now we have a very, you know, don't ask, don't tell relationship. And <laughs> you know, they repealed By that. the way, yeah, don't ask, don't tell has been struck down yeah, across the land. Not in my house. <laughs> love the land. Not with the old schools. <laughs> but that is a great not story with Robert about Duvall. the healing power of Steven Spielberg, who's a, mo- a man who can make a movie... That makes men cry and not feel like they're pussies. <laughs> it's true. That's Saving the power. Private Ryan. That's the power. That's fucking true. You go into My Saving dad Private Ryan. Loves that you fucking movie. You fucking weep. You weep, oh, and you yeah. come out and you're like, I'm more of a man for weeping at yep, that movie. Yep. Yep. 
That's and so there true. are very people, few filmmakers who can do that. Who can straight males wept during the Lost World, Jurassic Park. I didn't say that, <laughs> but these are emotional films. Greg Yolen, creator of the Steven Spielblog, which you can find at www.stevenspielblog.com. Is, is that true? Steven Spielblog, that's my... Have you never been there, Kerrigan Hennings? My silly no. blog. Fucking hilarious. Is it? It's a re- He writes uh, movie reviews. Uh, just on hilarious. Steven Spielberg movies? Yeah, one hand. No, no, no. I just... Oh, my God. Did you do Twilight? I I did not do Twilight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm completely... Im- I, he signed an agreement that specifically But y'all states. know what I think about the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 to be released in theaters nationwide. Opening everywhere. November 18th. October, it's a terrific October movie. October 30. Wait, no. Are you paid to I'm say drunk. That? I am not paid to say that. <laughs> hey oh. I was paid to make it, but not paid <laughs> not paid to market it. Um No, but I that's but that is something that, that Steven Spielberg sort of is at, at the forefront of, which is making films that are sentimental, that have a sentimental side to them. Sentimental have, is an interesting word though, because action. sentimental is not is not considered respectable. It's not, but but to but to, but to marry that off. with uh, the action adventure genre, so that you're making films that men want to see, yep. and then that women don't mind seeing because there's suspense and danger and all that fun stuff too. Right. Uh, that's something that not too many people can pull off. Even Michael Bay, whose films are now executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Hold on, Matt's making a face. Michael Bay makes films that. Uh, can only do spectacle, but can't make you feel a fucking thing. You are wearing no. Kevlar when you walk into a Michael Bay movie. Because they don't Michael touch Bay you in any anything. way whatsoever. Right. It's his. It's it, not it's the same not, skill set. It's not the movie. You walk it. You said it exactly. You walk into it because it's a Michael Bay movie. So you put the Kevlar it's on. It's pure spectacle, it's a Michael... but he has no control. No, no, no. no, no. It's a uh, well. You know, perhaps my opinion is is that it's like a conditioning. You walk into this movie expecting something because of the reputation that he has created for himself. That's the only way to get through those three hours that Whereas, constituted the last Transformers movie. Yeah, but Steven movie. Spielberg has created this reputation of like making these beloved, you know, cultural movies mm-hmm. that appeal to you know people across the spectrum. So you walk into it willing to accept it more than you walk into a it's, Michael Bay. It is movie. about it is about expectations. Totally. And that's why we, we hate, we hate on Crystal Skull. Yeah. Because we expected, uh, Raiders better. of the Lost Ark. You just expected better. You expected better. anything better. better. Yeah. You, you didn't expected, necessarily you expect expected Raiders expected of the Lost Ark. You expected Temple, Temple of Doom or Doom, Last Crusade. Maybe not Last movie. Crusade. Yeah, you for expected you. like a wink, movies. wink, nudge, nudge, and you got this retarded. I hate that movie. And I'm not even. How into... about the fact, by the way, though, that since, since the recording of our, of episode four, which was the last time, or actually episode three was the last time we were joined by Greg Yolen, before episode five, anyway, whatever, who gives a fuck? Um, Stephen threw show. George under the bus. That is so on true. On intertubes. He did, For well, Crystal Skull. He what, basically took his old yeah. friend, circa uh, the late 70s, who he used to... Um, Vacation in Hawaii with any time either one of them had a movie opening. Vacationing in Hawaii being the genesis the of Raiders of, of the Lost Indiana Ark. Jones. Being uh, a euphemism for... They for what, had Kerrigan? Brokeback Mountain? A gay affair in, in, <laughs> in the mountains of North Dakota, <laughs> where no one takes their clothes off. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> it's never cold. It was cold. They were go. keeping okay. each other warm, Kerrigan. <laughs> if you have a better way to exchange protein strands, I'd like to hear it. How about? Would you like to see it? Hey. Uh. Um, oh so wait, God. continue because what because what you're saying is interesting. So Steven Spielberg, but Steven threw George under the bus for Crystal Skull. When asked, yes, when asked about <laughs> about Crystal Skull, says. Well, you know, I'm the director. I trust George. George George writes the stories. It's George's baby, and I direct uh, his movies. And Which is when, like... And when the interviewer then says, so so the, the fridge, and Stephen recants a little and goes, well, that was my idea. Uh, he did the same exact thing on AI. Do you remember when everyone was flipping out about AI? He was yes. like, look, Kubrick was the one who wanted the aliens. The only thing I contributed was the flesh fair in the middle, which you all loved. So everyone suck my dick. Right. He's well, done that twice now where he's thrown like his true. mentor slash buddy completely under the bus while still maintaining their... Dead. Well, it was well dead by that point. But they'd worked on the film together, I think, in pr- in production. Am I wrong? That they de- They developed it. For quite a long time, right? Oh, yeah, but it was that same thing of like the part you all hated. That was that guy you love who's dead now that you can't yell at. Which, by the way, is brilliant. 
The the ending of AI I'll defend to the death. Uh huh. What? Yeah, you heard it. Which AI, ending? AI is a Which brilliant, ending? Is a the seven-minute Ben Kingsley monologue? Yeah, that one. Totally. You know, I I will refer you to a New York Times book review article that was published after the uh, release of that film that completely changed the way that I thought about AI, which was a film that when I saw the first time, I walked out of it and I was like, all right, fine. It, the ending of that film, which is generally accepted to be pure cheese and sentiment it's like oh he gets to spend the day with his mother which is the person that he's programmed to love it's Uh, not even that it's the it's really like a very very long you can hear the page turning pages screenplay pages turning as they're recording it monologue by ben kingsley it's a very long monologue it's it's technicolored and it's john williams out to the to the nth Mm -hmm. but the whole point of it is that as this this uh article says this is actually a very sarcastic chilling moment in which you see what technology it is technology left alone with what it has wrought that phrase has always stuck with me because it's it is frightening it's like this kid this robot is imagining love in one day but he's then he's dying the end of the movie is you're dead you're shut down you get this one steven spielberg moment at the end of it in which everything's happy and john williams is playing and then you die that's your reward for it it's actually who said who said david was dying at the end of ai what are you talking about? He shuts down. He's dead. That's the end of the movie. Are you sure? Absolutely. Are you sure? He's dead. Are you sure? He gets he gets one day with his mom and then he's dead. Are you sure? Absolutely. 100%. It is an incredibly sad ending disguised as a Spielberg ending. Interesting. I'll tell you what I love about AI. Wow. Not that you Great asked. Great movie. But I'll tell you what I love about AI is most of the John Williams score it's fucking amazing, still. Completely. And the Weeping Lions in flooded Manhattan, which I think we all know now is pretty much going to be a reality. Um, you're so liberal. Yeah, but after and you're dead. the buried or the underwater. Drawing back on stuff we were talking about in episode five, the underwater flooded Coney Island with mm-hmm. the blue ferry. Uh, that also comes at the end of AI. I love all that stuff. That's like pure Spielberg. How about how about uh, so-called the first forty-five minutes of that movie, it, or even the first hour when it is like a domestic drama about a kid who comes back and there's a robot in his place? And how this, about that brilliance? This is why you're gonna hate me, dude. I I like AI, but I have my own like phantom edit of it. I start the movie where David gets dropped off on the side of the road, and I end it right before he gets to the wander water stuff. <laughs> all that flesh fair shit to me is amazing. All the rest of the domestic like. He's a robot. No, he's our kid. I want to, it's K-Pax. I want to fucking kill myself. Ooh, no, no, no. The kid who is beloved by his family K-Pax. comes back and he's he terrible. He's evil. For the worst movie, and We hope right? you'll continue to tune in every week to Team Jack, just for the K-Pax <laughs> references. Who directed K-Pax? Matt Cohen. God, I have no fucking idea. Can we turn that light on? It's dark in here. We can't, actually, because Matt's laptop is plugged into that AC adapter. Oh, who needs light when we have scotch? Talk, talk and scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch, the light of generations before electricity. Yeah, right. <laughs> K-Bax, K-Bax was Rupert who? Lane Softly. What? Ian, Ian Softly, who directed Backbeat, the John Lennon movie. By a gentleman called Alan Smithy. Who, who, direct, who what, wrote K-Pax or Backbeat? No. Ian Softly? I don't know. Neither one. Anyway. He spells his name wrong. I know. Um, dead. Air. <laughs> uh, okay, I got one for, for, y'all, for the Spielberg expert here, sir. Uh, what What are the movies that you genuinely don't like out of his, his Oh, of Spielberg? Over, yeah. Like 1941, you loving, are you loving fucking Terminal? Like, No, I'm not loving the Terminal at all. I think the terminal is is one that's really bad. Amistad, um, Amistad, I'll defend. Um, I yeah, well, I, but Amistad has a connection. Uh, Amistad actually is in the town where I grew up, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, that is where Sing K, the main character in that, that played by Jaiman Hansu, that is where he lands. So we actually have a statue of Sing K in our town square. Are you kidding? I swear to God. So seriously, it, so the, where the Mr. Whole Spielberg thing ended up shooting. 
yeah, oh, Crystal yeah. Skull. When John Quincy Adams, yeah. When he comes and really? is, is talking and all that. That's all set in New Haven. It was kind of a big deal, and that was a film which I saw, again, with high expectations, but you know what? It's not a bad film. Yeah, Minority it's not, Report? not even at all. Oh, um, Minority Report's great. Uh, the War of the Worlds? No. No, I can't get with <laughs> you that. You don't like that. You know what's great the in War of the Worlds? The that Flaming is Train is great in War of the Worlds. The Flaming Train Ooh. and maybe the what fairy... About- no, what about when the they show up? Attack. When they first show up and they explode out of the ground? That's pretty great too. That's good. They're they're really good moments, and yet somehow it, it the Tim Robbins, the and yet somehow <laughs> the souffle does not rise. As you know, say. my feeling was um, when we first heard the sound that the Martian war machines made. Yeah, I found myself just a little disappointed oh. from the same sound design team that. I presume created the Tyrannosaur roar in Jurassic Park. I was hoping for something a little more iconic because that Tyrannosaur roar in Jurassic Park is still like the fucking shit. Well, I always thought that that was sort of his uh, f- uh, flip side of the coin to the tones in Close Encounters. That's that interesting. It's, it's a sort of musical tone that comes out of those, and it's like, you're fucked. Which I loved, which I loved at the time. It's only, that's only one of those movies where in the last five minutes, you realize it's not going to go to the place that you really wanted it to go. And it, it did ends. go. It, it, well, it's like he shows up and his kid is fine. Happy and ending. And then they get They're back to dead. Boston and everyone's, and it's like the mom opens the door and it's like, we're fine. And then all the, and then it's like, oh, and there was a microbe at the end. Well, where were you hoping it would go? It, that there was just going to be something that was like apocalyptic. It, that was the end of Saving Private Ryan or something like that. Where the end somebody, of Saving Private Ryan takes place at a gravesite with Matt Damon in old age makeup and and girls with weeping boots. over it, his that wasn't Matt Damon fallen comrade. That was an old man. Um, no, if you say no, so. No, I'm saying I'm talking about the end in in the town when Tom Hanks dies. Uh, there was going to be something that was pretty rough right, 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 to get right, through right, at the right. end of that movie. You thought Tom Cruise would not make it. I thought that something real nasty was going to happen. Is that, is that the roughest scene in Private Ryan for you? Is Tom Cruise, is Tom Hanks death? No. Is it the stabbing? Cause that, stabbing. Okay, I've spoken to a lot of people, and that's probably the most unnerving scene in film fucking history. That's the one that made me, that made me when, really uh, cry. When Adam, uh, who's it, Adam, uh, what's the kid's name from Daisy Confused? Yeah, Adam Goldberg. When Adam Goldberg uh, has that close encounters knife fight with the Nazi, and he just fucking plunges, he's begging for his life, and the Nazi just slowly fucking gets Ooh. the knife in his heart. Yeah, 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 that that one, and the scene when uh, Giovanni Ribisi's uh, calling for his mother as he's being pumped full of morphine yeah. and dying in the church. But But really, the Adam Goldberg scene. Kerrigan has absolutely nothing to say or contribute about Saving Private Ryan. Whatever, my dad likes it. I can't. It's a phenomenal movie. <laughs> I can't deal. Here's what I'll tell you about Saving Private Ryan. You ready? Yes. That raced the same year that Bill Condon won the Oscar. And I left the theater. I left the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion to make and receive cell phone calls on my old fucking... <laughs> Wish I'd kept it, AT&T, whatever the fuck Nokia. cellular phone it was. Nokia, probably. Yeah. Um, and I was pacing around outside the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion talking to people on the phone about the fact that Bill had just won. And then the show ended and everybody came flooding out and was talking about the fact that Saving Private Ryan or uh, Shakespeare in Love had just won Best Picture taking it away from Saving Private Ryan, and it was like, holy shit. That the was ups- an upset. The Harvey Weinstein yeah. upset, right. upset of upsets. And not which, right in history, right? I mean, that's not Which fair. Terry Press, who ran marketing for DreamWorks, and before that Disney, but ran marketing for DreamWorks during the entire period that DreamWorks was DreamWorks before they merged with Paramount. Um, later told me it was like one of the worst moments of her life was coming down the... Uh, Grand staircase at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion after Saving Private Ryan had lost Best Picture. I can imagine. And how many people? And are by the way, let's just say, let's just say for the record, Shakespeare in Love, exactly. Best Picture versus Saving exactly. Private Ryan. A trite, what, stupid. What the fucking, fuck? Yeah, yeah. Well, well King's Speech won? was. I mean, there, nothing that got nominated, but but the, there were films I definitely liked better. I mean, none, none of my favorite films from last year were nominated, but... What was your favorite film last year? Oh, I can't even... I, we gotta go back and... Wait, oh, fuck. I gotta look it up. Oh, give me a minute. I'll look it up because I have a list. I couldn't even remember what movies were made last year. I smoke a lot of pot. 
Um, you know, what, he, but he has such a good point because I'm trying to think about my favorite movies last year, and I'm like, I was stoned seeing that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it, I'm sure it was good. I forget its title. Uh, I'll, I'll look into that and get back um, to you. Guys. I I agree. King Speech, not uh, not the the winner. Um, but I, I wouldn't remember say, what the field was last I year. I wouldn't say the Social Network was the winner either. You wouldn't. I certainly certainly wouldn't I say Black Swan was the best movie last year. No. Um, what was the best movie last year? <laughs> Toy Story Three. That's what everybody. I'll tell you what. I'd give it to Toy Story Three. And a lot of people would. And I'm finishing my scotch. He says as he's finishing. <laughs> um, finishing merely means finishing the quanti- quantity that I'd allotted for myself in my tumbler. Finishing the glass. Finishing the, the glass. Yes. <laughs> I'll have some Starbucks. <laughs> um, what's your favorite movie so far this year, Greg Yolen? Moviegoer of moviegoers, person Ooh. who watches The People versus George Lucas on a fucking Saturday night. It was a fun Saturday night, man. I was out to dinner at Carmine's 2 in West L.A. with about 20 to 30 uh, Twilight fansite webmasters. And leave it at that. Party! Yeah, right? Um, Lame! That's no, it was really great. hard question. <laughs> Those are my peeps. I'm actually, as, as stupid as this is, I'm checking my own blog. <laughs> are you really? Yeah, because I'm like, what did I, what did I see that I think is, oh yeah, okay, I got my it. my tops this year so far. Uh, Drive is is incredible. I thought the uh, the riff and winding. What, oh, he's already giving mm-hmm. me. I'm mm-hmm. getting dirty looks already. I love that movie. Like so much so that like it only reminds me of Pulp Fiction in my, in the sense that it that movie. If I'd seen that movie when I saw Pulp Fiction, it would have done the same effect. Like inspired me to get into filmmaking. I watched. I've seen Drive like five times. I listened to the soundtrack over and over again. Like that is great a soundtrack, amazing movie. And then, um, I don't know if this technically counts because it never got a wide release here. But it's a Korean film called I Saw the Devil. I've heard that's great by the guy who did Good, Bad, and the Weird, and he's yeah. doing the new Schwarzenegger movie. It's about a a serial killer. Uh, it's about a detective whose wife gets killed by a serial killer, and then he just basically tracks and tortures. The serial killer for an hour and a half. It's in, it's one of the most intense movies I've ever seen. I have that on my watch instantly. I may watch that. Watch tonight. it instantly, sir. It's fucking amazing. Uh, off of that, actually, I thought uh, maybe the best film last year, which wasn't just one film. Last year or this last year? year? Last year. I'll get to this year. Last year was the Red Riding trilogy. Um, oh God, which Greg Yolen recommended to me as with, a fan and of it is three David films, Zodiac film. Three films that are uh, about real crimes but not really anyway you have to see it the red riding trilogy people seek it out it's on dvd it's phenomenal i would say this year it's, and it's from um, what country by the way that's a british film uh red riding trilogy red riding trilogy it, it, the first one so all you have to see subtitled. is the first one you'll be sold it stars andrew garfield of social networks and to be spider-man uh right. and uh and what's her name who i was do your homework people before next summer's spider-man the amazing spider-man or whatever the hell they're calling it is that the is that uh, the title yeah yeah um, do your homework. Do your Andrew Garfield homework. First, Social Network, and second, Red Parnassus by Terry Gilliam. Um, Boy A, and then Red Riding Trilogy. Isn't he also in that movie Boy A? That's supposed to be good. He is in Boy A. Yeah, yeah he is Boy A. I think. Um, this year, I I it's split between two comedies for me. First is Midnight in Paris, uh, which really? I loved, and Minor. the second is Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids. Let's just say, let's just. Should we do the five minutes on bridesmaids? I mean, bridesmaids there's a sequence is, in the middle of bridesmaids <laughs> after they eat at one of those Brazilian bring charcuterie the meat places, <laughs> and then they go to try on their uh, dresses. That is literally the funniest sequence I have ever watched in a movie theater ever. It's making me laugh now, even just it's like un- thinking about it. It's un I have literally bought it in a hotel no, room recently just to watch that sequence. I'm going to slap you right now. Kerrigan, I'm tr- I'm, I, I told it. my parents, it's like you need to watch it just for this sequence alone. The rest of the movie that's wrapped around it is sort of unconventional and interesting. It's not exactly a straightforward no, comedy in the way that you're expecting, but that sequence, the sequence where they try on their dresses is unfucking believable uh, I saw it with Eric Odom. We literally had to look away from the screen because we couldn't breathe. We could not take oxygen into our lungs, and then I'm drunk. I don't mind admitting it. I farted. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. 
that I fucking farted in was the middle juicy? of the Arclight Hollywood. It was not juicy. It was popcorn infused. <laughs> but, uh, well, but that, that is, sequence is the funniest sequence I've maybe ever, certainly since Raising film. Arizona by the Coen brothers. It, it's, 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 it's brilliant. So it's, but what's amazing about it too is that it just, it just puts the laughs first. It's not, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't give you any bullshit about the conventional romantic comedy structure or yeah. the race against time or shit like that that you're yeah. just, you know is going to come in every one of these Kate Hudson movies. It's just funny scene after funny scene after funny scene. And yeah. the wedding is arbitrary. At the end of that film, the what wedding is arbitrary? Comes up and the wedding. If yeah. they get married at the end, there's no yeah. big scene. It's just yeah. comedy wall to wall. And man, and yeah. then, and I got to say, uh, on the Blu-ray or on the, the DVD, there's about, there's like a whole other movie. And of what deleted scenes? Uh, and there's, there are deleted plot lines. Really? There's a Paul Rudd plot really? line, which is hysterical. Really? It is, uh, it's downstairs. You own it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, the Bill Paul Rudd plot line is like three scenes and they're so good. And the only reason they're really? cut out is because it's kind of a double beat when you get into the film and you don't really need it. And it's a let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. It's so good. Does it get into the best picture race? Uh, no, no. You don't think so? No. Too successful. Too studio. But you asked me what my favorite film this year. I would say that's probably. Would you say it's Bridesmaids? I I would split it between. I haven't seen anything that I really Bridesmaids in the Red Riding trilogy. No, 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 and Midnight in Paris. Wow. Okay. That said, I don't think it's been a great year. I found my uh, I found my list from last year. If we, if we want to go real quick, yeah, yeah, just show how pretentious I am. Actually, uh, I'll give you my top five. My number All one Korean. film no, was French. <laughs> uh, Mick Max, uh, the Jean Pierre uh-huh, Jeunet uh-huh. movie. Uh, How to Train Your Dragon was number two. I fucking uh-huh. loved it. A movie called Four Lines about uh, comedy, suicide yeah, bombers yeah. was number three. Exit Through the Gift Shop was number four. Great movie. Scott yes. Pilgrim vs. the World was number five. In I my love that world, movie. Scott Pilgrim would have won Best Picture. I love that year. movie. Yeah. Fair oh, I love. I wouldn't live in your and world. That's the thing. The, the Oscars no longer have any relevance to the films that I watch. Yeah. I don't. You know what I mean? That's one true. of my best They're friends is like one of the, the seven even kind of movie, evil right? exes. Really? Yeah. Which one? Number one, Matthew, Matthew Patel. Patel. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, right. dude. One of my best friends. That's awesome. Oh well, I'm you know Jack, I'm just name dropping that. Jack's peeing right Jack now. Jack disappeared for a minute. The yeah, whiskey. But if it's one there. of your best friends. Can you really fairly say that it's your favorite movie for like? I, he said it's objective his reason. Movie. Oh, oh, I saw oh. it. Yeah. He's only in it for like five minutes. The best. He's friend. he's he's, awesome. he's yeah. It's the first like uh, the first one. Yeah, I well exit through the gift shop, man. <laughs> what about you, Karen? Do you like anything? This what do, year? What do you like? The, hey, here. What's your favorite flick going right I now, saw man? five movies this year. Yeah. I saw Justin Bieber because, <laughs> because Jack wanted to fucking see it on his birthday. I saw Saddest The Debt. birthday ever. I what, saw... What is The Debt? What is The Debt? That's uh, the John... He's the John Madden who did Nazi Shakespeare in Love. Or Hunters. Helen Mirren. Helen Sam Mirren. Mirren. I didn't... It was good. It, it was good. It's got a really fucked up ending that you'd never expect. Okay, I want to see it now. Um, I saw... Okay, so The Debt. I saw... Um, Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> yeah. I saw the, what was the Outbreak movie? Contagion. Contagion. And I saw something else. I my, my other favorite this year is probably, have you guys seen Attack the Block yet? Yes, I like to pretty fucking block. awesome. Of those that I saw, Crazy Stupid Love by far. Oh, poor boy. What? That's a great movie. No. Is it really? I thought so. Did you see Like Crazy? No, I didn't, but I heard success. Yeah. Yeah, but Crazy Stupid Love is what you want out of like crazy. And Ryan Gosling, I'm not a fan. I haven't seen Drive, although I hear it's he's very great good. In Drive. He's very good in Drive. He, I mean, look in this movie, he's like it's definitely he's putting on a character, but he does it awesome, and he's fucking hot. And the he's whole by the, yeah, I was gonna say he's by the way shirtless on the back of the DVD. Packaging. Shirtless, fine, whatever. But it's not even about his torso it's about his performance it really is i would hope it's not just about his torso it's not it's not at all it's not at all it's torso it's not about his disembodied his torso, the his severed torso. He, it, that's a good movie that's a good movie well i don't see a lot of movies I, it's not it's not a bad movie as those movies go but here's my problem with that movie and it is very which simple. movie it, crazy stupid love which crazy i have stupid not seen. love who directed uh, by who a, um, directed by who that you'll never work with Branton Haas or something like but that. But I will. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember. I forget. Because <laughs> it's no, a no, top no. movie. No, they should, they should hear this and they should take the criticism. 
<laughs> from Greg Yolen. It's that, from it's, drunk Greg it's Yolen. That there's a moment in that movie very early on where Steve Carell is playing the schlub whose wife has left him. And Ryan Gosling is like, you know what your problem is? You see my shoes? They cost $3,000. And you see your shoes? Where'd you get those? Walmart for $30. You need to get shoes like my shoes, and then everything's going to be great. Well, what about anybody watching that movie who can't spend $3,000 on shoes? Fuck them. Fuck them. They don't deserve Fair happiness. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I don't, I don't feel bad for that attorney. character who is about to go deck him out. I- no, no, no. You know what? Because that you're being way too literal. You know what he's saying? What he's saying to this guy is you need to believe in yourself enough <laughs> to to spend the three grand or whatever on the shoes yeah. because you're fucking worth it. And all it is is an, is an attitude and a, per, and a perception switch. Well, I'm sure. And if, once you make that switch, you can get what you want. And, and you know what I always, means, that's a hollow. You know what I think about $3,000 shoes? I don't own $3,000 shoes. If you're buying $3,000 shoes in order to project those $3,000 shoes to someone else who, who can see, identify, and comprehend $3,000 shoes on site. And by the way, I don't know those people. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that at all. I think it's if, I don't think the only thing that matters is you know that those shoes cost $3,000. You tell yourself, oh, I can afford $3,000 shoes. And in uh-huh. this fucked up society, that means you are a certain success or whatever. Yeah. And that informs. Substitute your, the word shoes your, your, for car. The, the idea house. that you project. And yeah. so when you project that idea that I'm worth $3,000 shoes. Doesn't work. No, fuck off. It if exudes this confidence in yourself. And, and the confidence is what is attractive. Where'd you buy your shoes, Kerrigan? And that was, my shoes were, I don't know, sixty dollars. I got them on Melrose. But uh, what your I'm shoes saying are what is, uh-huh. your shoes are what we used to call in Peninsula a Peninsula Catholic High School Bobos. Bobos. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of like they're. I think they're reptilian because they look like they're green shoes. They're slip-ons. They're Adidas, mm-hmm. and they have this kind of like scaly kind of effect to them. You're somewhat famous in our circle of friends for having the ugliest footwear. Always. Hey, I like solid color, bright primary color shoes. It's either purple or green, though. No orange. That, oh, I'm sorry. I just fell asleep too. there for about 45 seconds. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Crazy, stupid love and the messing. Oh, no, and let I me tell you about after. Cats. <laughs> and why Cats is the greatest musical All ever I'm written. saying about that movie, about Crazy, Stupid Love, is I'm sure that Precious would feel a lot Precious. better about herself if she had some money to buy her a new wardrobe you know what? and gastric bypass You know surgery. what? Precious it's would fuck- feel a lot better about herself. <laughs> and then she could get herself a hot man. Yeah, she would, but she doesn't have money because she's broke. Well, hey, what are we hmm. talking about? I'm talking about the unexamined wealth in, on display in Crazy Stupid Love. And it, it upset me and it, it made me angry at Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling, who by in his, his own admission in that movie is the son of a rich dead person, which is the only reason that he can afford these clothes. So what has Ryan Gosling's the, character achieved in his life? Nothing. And then nothing. And what he, what he says in that movie is that the expensive clothes and the expensive house, the expensive lifestyle, it's empty to him and he's hollow. And what he really connects to is this relationship the, with this girl. Is the really bad advice about the $3,000 fucking shit? Steve Carell. All of this makes me think of the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. (laughs) How did I get there? Ardbeg. (laughs) (laughs) Scotch whiskey since 1815. As always, cold distilled. (laughs) Sucked out of corpses, rotting corpses. What's up? Oh, God. Where the fuck were we? Okay, Crazy Stupid Loves a Great Film. I well, never saw it, so I'm set. out of this. I'm Team Jack. Just Jack fun. is out. Fine. Look, it's all Team I've No seen Jack. Five movies, so I'm not the. What's like, your favorite film this year, Jack? Team Jack. <sighs> Twilight. Opening. The Twilight Saga: Breaking Opening Dawn Part One. Honestly, I swear to God. I'm thinking. How many movies have you seen? Well, that's a really good question. Justin Bieber. Never say never. <laughs> you know I saw that. We saw that for my birthday. Yes. Well, I tricked good. all y'all motherfuckers. You did. You cunt. I bought I bought a block of seats at Justin Bieber Never Say Never and then after we had And literally our, the entire table. What? Okay, now we're we're all like, oh, fuck. And by it's the way, then when we're inside the auditorium at Arclight Hollywood watching it, I leaned forward and looked down the row of seats and all these motherfuckers were staring up at that screen wrapped. Yeah. Ten queens and two chicks <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> Justin, um, where was I? Uh, I you were shooting, I son. I wasn't invited to that. No, you were shooting the Twilight Saga: Breaking Dawn Part One and Two. Right. Release date on TBA. a mixed schedule. Um, fuck. What was my favorite movie of the year? <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. 
a tiny, 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 I know probably $50,000 uh, independent movie, gay, from England. Actually, maybe, sh- no, shot in England in Nottingham, England, called Weekend. Mm. By a writer, great. director, editor named Andrew Haig. You've never seen it, so what are you talking about? I've heard it's great. It's amazing. It's really, really good. Two guys who meet each other at a bar, spend a weekend together, um, getting to know each other. It's about that simple. And uh, needless to say, it was sort of everything that I hoped that Like Crazy would be and wasn't. Exactly. Which I was going to say, it's the first time. Really good. Like Saw crazy, it at the you know? Lemley Sunset 5. Rest in peace. For now. By the time you hear this, by the time you're listening to this podcast, the Lemley Sunset 5 will be approaching its final week or two of existence. Yeah, but... That's the, sad. Just, it will be reawakened like Bella in... Twilight, the Twilight, Twilight Saga, Saga. Room. Part two, as a vampire who serves alcohol. Where am I going to see the room? <laughs> when the Lemley Where closes? are you going to see the room? Because, by the way, Sundance Cinemas, there's Ain't no guarantee that they're, there's no guarantee that they're even going to pick up pick back up with midnight shows well before before that place closes uh for now we need to uh, go over they, there and eat they, some popcorn they are going to show uh tropa de elite 2 elite squad 2 are they really have you seen elite squad the brazilian amazing uh, cop saga by the way let me just say in between working long hours every day as i know you do greg yolan and matt Cohen, and i have no idea what you do with your days <laughs> but and hitting that pipe. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking Where about. Where the fuck do you guys find the time to watch Brazilian these Brazilian cops talking well, about <laughs> movies? Do you have time for that, Kerrigan Hennings? I don't have shit time for that. <laughs> guys, Elite Squad. Elite Squad. Elite Squad. It's a great movie. Came out about three years ago. This is the sequel, highest grossing film in Brazilian history. This isn't exactly like Art House. What's this up, is the Brazil? Biggest, the biggest Brazilian film ever. And it's supposed to be pretty damn good. So I'm going huh. to see it. It's called Elite Squad, The Enemy Within. And it's going to be at the, the Lemley Sunset, Sunset 5, five before we'll permanent death. I'm going. Before closure. Sure. You know what? I was hoping they, um, before weekend, I saw a trailer for a documentary on Limelight, the famous New York Great club, yes. which was many set in a there. church, an old closed church. On 20th now, and 5th. Which is now a clothing store called Lounge. You're no, kidding. That's, that's what that's that what true? became of that church. Blasphemy. It's the second location of Lounge. I went Limelight Avalon Lounge. Terrible. Ew. Terrible. They sell t shirts. I was there the night I got Pathetic. shut down. Pathetic. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. with my friend seen... Josh Jackson. I'm going to shout him out because he's an artist in Los Angeles. Anyway, have you seen the trailer Dawson for this Street. documentary? No, I didn't even know they made one. It's called Limelight. It's about the guy who ran that club. And Peter Gation? Yeah, and it looks like a great documentary, and I'm just hoping yeah, it's like coming soon. But I know, having talked to the manager of the Sunset Five, who were chumming with Isaac, um, I know that the day that I watched Weekend and saw that trailer, they still did not know what the outcome of the Sunset Five's existence would be. Uh-huh. So, who's to say? I mean, I have no idea who's distributing that documentary or what the release schedule is, but it may never even I, well, I was there this week come to Los seeing Angeles. Take Shelter, and, and that played in front of it as well. It did. Yeah. yeah, he had Club USA, and then he opened Limelight, and then he opened Twilo. And uh, Club USA was the first. He closed, and then uh, he clubbed U- closed Club USA. Then he Limelight was shut down, and then he sold his interest in Twilo. Right. But he was the one who hired Michael Alec. He did that Party that party Monster movie. That that yeah, was- Michael Alec. Yeah, he hired him to promote uh, limelight and did all these like crazy things right. and actually manufactured um, ecstasy in the basement of limelight would You're sell kidding. it through. No, yeah, really? that was. I mean, that's why it got shut down. Yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, the drug, the bartenders were selling e for yeah. like years. They were yeah. making their own e and selling it to everyone at the bar. And, and like yeah. the nights there were like epic. And then it all shifted over to Twilo, where the actually, Matt Cohen. Did you go? Were you a patron at Limelight? I'm not. I'm not really a club guy, but I'm from New York, so I knew older kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and it was a big because because Peter Gation was like this, like you know, impresario, and he was basically like a latter day Ian Schrager and Steve Rubell from Studio Fifty Four, absolutely, absolutely, who picked up the picked up the baton from Studio Fifty Four, the New York nightlife drug. Yeah. And Baton. that movie like totally failed on the, the the real drama of that story. Studio Fifty Four no, or, or just Party, 54. Monster, Party Monster, Party Monster, Party Monster. Okay. Anyway, I like Fifty Four. I liked it too. 
Anyway. I liked Mike Myers, too, in his New York accent. I like Coffee Ryan, talk. I like Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> yeah, right. Like short shorts. propositioning What's Ryan Phillippe. What's Like up? he knew he wanted to do. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> worst movie ever. Ishtar. I don't know. Ishtar, right? Nah, Ishtar is like too, it's too easy. Ishtar's also too good. It's yeah, too we, conventional. We also have choice. two more is it minutes. Too good? No. The rediscovery of Ishtar? No, but the first 20 minutes of that movie are funny. What about, um, Showgirls? Great, great movie. This is a great movie? Oh, yeah. But here's the question again, the, the same question that you would apply to Starship Troopers with Showgirls. Was Paul Verhoeven in on the joke? Not on that. Not on that one, in my yeah. opinion. That was him going for Oscar fucking gold. There's nothing pretentious about that. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. Uh, I think that's. I think that's tricky to to paint it that way. I think that if if you you're talking about a director who will do a whole movie as a uh, a Nazi indoctrination, you know, Hitler Youth film, a whole action film which is advertised with Blur's song too. Right, remember how good you were minute. to see that. You're talking about Showgirls. I'm talking about Starship Troopers, and then oh. to say that he was in on the joke on that, but on Showgirls, not as much. I think that's tricky. Same that's guy. Tr- <laughs> <laughs> so you believe he wasn't on the joke of Showgirls? You think he he he? I think he's. I think he's had his had his hand and, firmly on the wheel of making champ. I don't think Starship Troopers is a poorly made film. I don't think Sh- Showgirls is a poorly made. Film. I don't. I just totally I just get, disagree that I Starship those, Troopers is poorly made. I, I no. I said I don't think it's poorly made. It's film. not poorly made. It's not poorly made. I just don't care about it. Right. Well. Starship Troopers was like maybe the second movie when I was 13 that had nudity that I could see in theaters. I think I saw that movie seven times. And and I saw it seven times being disappointed that Dizzy was the chick that got naked and not Denise Richards. But I still saw it seven times. Well, and then what did you, what about Wild Things? Yeah. That was the same, that was like the same. It's not a good movie. movie. No, it's not. That is a great movie. No, it's not. Whatever. It's kitschy. You shut up. No, you shut up. I can't get out of my chair. I'm like this <laughs> space jockey and alien. Um, Brought to you by Ardbeg Scotch whiskey. <laughs> I know. I actually know gay guys who are all up for Starship Troopers. They are all about. <laughs> they're all about the scene where Casper Van Dien has to get lashed up by his wrists and take a licking. <laughs> if it they're exists, there is that. porn of it. I'll they're right. all about that Casper Casper Van Dien whipping Giggity. scene, shirtless whipping scene. <laughs> It's like, okay. Um, to be continued. <laughs> so I guess we've never gotten to the, yeah, we've never gotten to the bottom. <laughs> we've never gotten to the bottom of worst Just movie like ever, the let end alone of worst of trailer Jedi. ever. An Ewok celebration. Yeah, exactly. Episode six. Well, the true liberation of the end of this episode is we are liberated from Star Wars titles. We've done six episodes. We've wrapped up six episodes. Our ratings are in the shitter. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends. On Twitter, Jack underscore Morrissey with two R's and two S's, just like the singer of the Smiths with whom I share a sexual orientation but not a bank account. On Twitter, Kerrigan Hennings. Spell it out, Kerrigan. K-A-Y-A-Y-T-C-H-E. K-H, Kerrigan Hennings, y'all. Still don't get it. Get it? Clever. (laughs) Clever. Was clever, maybe in the 90s when you were hanging at Twilo. (laughs) Oh, shit, yeah, it was. On Twitter, Greg Yolen, G-R-E-G. No, don't go to Twitter. Stevenspielblog.com, folks. Y-O-L-E-N. I before the E, except after C. Because I've got an advertising deal. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Pay me. Pay me! Team Jack, also on Twitter, Team underscore Jack, episode six, return of the red, red eye, eye. And for the that. win. We're done. That's it. And we're drunk. Are you drunk? Yeah. Kerrigan? Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'm drunk too. Matt, you're you're stone cold sober. Are you stoned though? Matt's sober. Good night. (laughs) Out. Cheers. Cheers.